just like kid who just like loved Jesus and I like realized I was gay and I was just scared and alone and I just I wanted to have it all like I wanted to have my family and God like and my future and I didn't think I'd be able to have it all. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with me Jen Hatmaker. It's time to spring back with my incredible daughter Sydney Hatmaker this week as we celebrate Pride Month and I catch you up on where Sydney is in her life since she recorded our top most listened to podcast of 2020 about being gay and beloved. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of our Springback series. It has been really fun to revisit these episodes and share some of the key pieces of favorite interviews from so many great guests. Not just to reminisce, but to look at where we were when we talked with these guests first and where we are now and maybe see how we've grown and changed over the last couple of years, and also how their original messages are just as salient today, if not more so. I am amazed, actually, at how each episode has been so evergreen, and how these women, uh, by the way, we do have a handful of men (laughs) that have been on this show, but by and large, this is a girls club, y'all. But they're just still a force in the world, and I just am so proud to give them a place to share their voices and their messages and their experiences. So, (laughs) best for last. Our featured guest this week is pretty near and dear to me. So excuse me if I'm a little biased about which of these episodes was my favorite. But having her be the wrap-up to this series just is how I wanted it to be. Yes, of course, it is my daughter, (laughs) Sydney Hatmaker, the one and only, the joy of my heart. And I still get absolutely overwhelmed thinking about the bravery it took for Sydney to come on this show and share her truth with this big world. Oh, man, this kid, this kid kills me. It was really important to her to tell her own story in her own time and how she wanted to do it. And... I was really honored to give her a place to do it. I always told her, you know, I want you are beloved and you are not a secret. And I want you out and and proud and beloved in my community when you're ready. When you're ready, the mic is yours. And she said it was time. And then it was. So apparently you loved it too because, I mean... (sighs) Thousands of you listened and then went to social media to comment and give your support. You guys, I'll just never get over it. Neither will Sydney. Both of us are still freaking out. A ton of you moms who had daughters or sons that came out to you shared your hearts about how healing and powerful it was to hear Sydney talk about what she went through as the daughter of like Christian leaders to reckon with who she was right? And what it meant to be real in her life and safe and true. So if you didn't catch it the first go around and and I'm being weird and vague, so Sydney's gay. Although she talked about it for the first time in this public way in MySpace in 2020, it it obviously wasn't new for us. You know, we've, we've known, of course, who she is and her story, you know, for years. So Sydney and I really, I just want you to know, we really consider this carefully. I am super careful 
and reluctant to ever put any one of my kids in a situation where a million eyeballs are staring them down, right? And they have a right to privacy. Privacy is not secrecy, right? You can have privacy. You're not a secret. But this was time for her. And I'm so proud of her. This is such a powerful conversation. I cannot even begin to tell you how many people still reach out to both of us about this episode. Still. I mean, I'll just never get over it. Like, both of us had grandmas reach out to us and say, I am telling my family I am gay for the first time in my life and I'm 70 because I've listened to this podcast. I mean, it's just, it's bananas. Like, families reconciled. Families who had been disconnected out of fear or shame or confusion or even just regular old run-of-the-mill homophobia reached out and reconciled. They they apologized. They asked forgiveness. They made amends. It was just so unbelievable what happened on the other side of this conversation. And so we knew for sure if we're going to recenter a conversation for a second time, this is one. This is one to do. It's so, so powerful. And Sydney is powerful in her own life. She just continues to grow and to flourish. She is so deeply in possession of this knowledge of who she is. It is extraordinary to watch. She turns 21 next month. And she (laughs) is more powerful in her own life. She has more agency over her identity and her direction and her potential and than I ever had. Like, I just cannot believe, I cannot believe how strong and smart and wise and courageous she is at this young age. Her star is just going to rise all the way. So again, before we get back into it, thank you to the dearest people that you are, the absolute dearest, who listen to this podcast faithfully and let us know when it originally aired that you had our backs. And to some of you who maybe tuned in because you hadn't really seen a story like this from a a podcast in the religion and spirituality category on iTunes, right? We're glad you're here too. We asked you, share this with the people in your life asking questions. Share this with your pastors. Like, share this with... This is for people who want to hear more. They want to hear a real story from a real mom and daughter about what this looked like in a real life. And by the way, she and I just both boo-hoo through this thing. I'm humbled that you're here, and I'm thankful that you're listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I would just love to ask you to just kind of open your hands to it and don't clench around this conversation and just let it be. Listen to my daughter. Listen to her heart. Listen to what she has to say and imagine what's possible, right? So don't mind the tears. Like I said, this conversation had plenty because on one way it brought up some wounds, which were just so hard. You know, it's hard to see. It's hard. That was hard for her to say, to hear, to remember. But there were tears of pride and joy too. I'm just couldn't be more pleased that we're back here during Pride Month, one year later, talking about and sharing this really special moment with my amazing daughter, Sydney. All right, on to our conversation and stick around after, and I'll talk a little bit more after about what was going on behind the scenes. So here's my conversation with Sydney. Yeah, this, that was like a really intense like time in my life. I mean, I, I started being like 
consciously aware of my sexuality and at some point around sixth or seventh grade I remember I was nervous to like write it down in case like somebody would see it so I don't have any like evidence for when exactly I started knowing that it was sometime around there but I usually tell people that I really kind of always knew and you know I think a lot of like gay and trans people have that story where it's like it's your own like body and it's natural right and right I think a lot of kids are just like kind of cut off from their own knowing by just being raised in complete like heteronormativity and right. just not even having the option and their families assuming they're straight and their kids movies assuming they're straight I remember yeah. not even like like I remember having these like really intense friendships that mm. were definitely crushes but before I even really knew that that was an option on the table right you know, you know yeah. I always knew and that's why I feel like the whole like coming out thing it's kind of antiquated and will hopefully be over eventually just as yeah. kids are raised and able to just like have as much freedom to kind of like I don't know like grow up and develop their sexuality as every other kid I've even got to see this a little bit with Remy you know like mm-hmm. I've been out since she was like I don't know like nine or ten yeah. yeah and even though she's really goofy about it like she's always been able to be like I don't know if I'm gay or not right. yet like I don't have crushes right. yet I don't know right like we'll see and like right it's just so cool to see that and be like god yeah. like the amount yeah. of heartache that would have been able to be prevented if I could have yeah. just done that you know sure like, I remember trying to make myself have crushes on boys and like talking about it <laughs> with my friends when yeah. I was like 12 but so your crushes crazy. were always really fake they were like right. I have a crush on Ed Sheeran I'm like do you <laughs> like I remember the one yeah. The one like fabricated crush I had in sixth grade was this kid named Dawson. And he like asked me out and I like, lied and said that I wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. And then I used that for like drama intention for a little bit. But we both ended up gay. So Oh weird. He found each other and then in the I guess it was a little bit pretend for him, you know. Yeah. I guess that was dodged for both of us. Who here loves a good puzzle or board game? I do. I actually loved seeing the recent resurgence of puzzles and family game nights. I actually think that's one of the reasons why I am such a fan of Best Fiends. I don't know if you've gotten into this. It's an adorable and visually stunning little puzzle game that you play right from your phone. Now, I will be the first to admit that I would never, ever have classified myself as someone who could get into spending time on my phone to play a game. But here I am getting all into the best fiends fun because sometimes you just need a brain break from it all, right? Social media included. And you have some empty time to fill. So those are the times that I tap into best fiends. It's also easy, which is my kind of thing when it comes to technology. Best Fiends is constantly coming out with new levels, thousands of them, and new events. So it's always something new, and it keeps you feeling challenged and engaged. What I also love are the collectible characters. It's all just whimsical and cute. And don't we kind of need that right now? So download the five-star rated puzzle game, Best Fiends, free today on the App Store or Google Play. So that's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Well, one thing that I like about what you're saying, which when we can switch it over to a hetero space, makes it so easy to understand is like, I never had to be told that I liked boys. 
that wasn't mm-hmm. some big moment where it was like some sort of reckoning and oh I'm I like yeah. boys and that has now this has to be a deal and it did start early of course it did I mean I had a crush on a boy in third grade and he we were in the nurse's yeah. office at the same time and I tried to stay sit so I could stay Are in there serious? That's like, so, yes. cute. so staying back there real quickly before we move forward mm-hmm. sixth seventh grade eighth mm-hmm. even there's probably a laundry list of stuff, but did anything yeah. feel particularly scary to you back then? What were you worried about? What was keeping you up at night? Well, I mean, like, first it was, like, the really painful and confusing, like, cognitive dissonance of even realizing that you might be gay, you know? Yeah. And, like, that knowing was, like, always inside, but, like, it finally coming out and, like, not being able to deny it anymore. And for some mm-hmm. people that happens when they're 40 years old. But yeah. for me, I was 12 because that was when I started, I think, seeing like representation of gay people just in like movies and stuff. And I just became right. even more aware of what it was. So first of all, like that was really confusing. And then mm-hmm. like, you know, I was such a Jesus freak. <laughs> like my whole... My, my you were a good little Christian soldier. Yeah. Well, and I was always very spiritual also. Like yeah, I remember you were. doing my little devotionals mm-hmm. when I was as young as like seven. And I grew up like... Yeah youth group every week even yeah. like me and my best girlfriends and like I think eighth grade literally made like a bible study just us sure. and so that was like my whole world you know I was the kid I like youth camp who took that crap way too seriously like I would have yeah. gone up to the pulpit with the kids getting saved if I could have if I wasn't baptized in second grade I would you know saved. I did too I got sa- I got re-saved every summer yeah <laughs> yeah no I loved all of the Jesus emotions when I was little so yeah you know my first thought was like oh shoot, like, am I going to go to hell? Mm. Mm. I was like 12, you know? And then my second thought was, what's going to happen with my family? And like, I remember, like, when I look back at the journals for that time, seeing that I was writing like, well, I'm going to have to think one day, like, am I going to come out? Like, am I ever going to tell my family? Like, I might still want to be married one day like if I get married like I'm gonna have to tell my family but like what's gonna happen if I tell my family and that was really scary but the biggest thing was like it's hard to think back on this time and to look back on those journals because I was like 12 and 13 like fighting really hard for my own faith because I was really scared and at that time I didn't have a single voice in my life telling me that it was okay I didn't even know that there were people who were like affirming of gay people in the church and of same-sex marriage. And I obviously didn't have the tools to figure that out myself, but I tried. I remember trying yeah. to do like like a comprehensive Bible study on my own, trying to figure out like, mm. if this was okay or not, you know? This was kind of hard. So, But I, I just remember trying to Google it, and one of the first resources that I found was just this person talking about like various... Christian perspectives on same-sex marriage and they were kind of providing some different leaders who had said different things on it and you know they provided the like non-affirming perspective and then they got to the like loving but unaffirming kind of theology and the leader that they linked was you right it took me something that you wrote and that was like nail in the coffin that's when I was like oof and then I didn't touch five for years at that point Even though your family might be in all different places around the U.S. or even the world, learning about your family history can bring you together. 
That's because when we get closer to our ancestors by learning their stories, we have a new way to get closer to our immediate and extended families. I think this is so special and so needed, especially now. But like, how do you even know where to begin? At least that's the big question I was asking when I first started piecing together our family tree, because it can be difficult to know even where to start looking. That's why I'm a big fan of Ancestry, because they help put the puzzle pieces together for you so you can make discoveries you might not otherwise have ever known about. How cool is that? With Ancestry, you search billions of records to learn about the people you come from and the lives they led. Maybe even find you have common ground that connects you. They basically do all the legwork and you get the fun of seeing the results. Ancestry can help you connect branches of your tree, whether it's family you've always known or family you've never met. So go to Ancestry.com slash for the love to start a free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash for the love. So that was through like seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Yeah, just trying to process all that on my own and having no idea how. They're like full grown, like Christian ministers who have no idea how to answer that question or even begin the research process, you know? Right. So heavy, honey. Yeah. So, so, so heavy. That'll always be for the rest of my life one of my greatest sadnesses, my greatest regrets and sorrows and. When I think about you struggling through that by yourself, I could just sob. Yeah, me too. And I think I, don't know, I get really like emotional talking about it. I just have so much compassion for myself. I just feel like I'm like 13 again. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. This like kid who just like loved Jesus, and I like realized I was yeah. gay, and I was just scared and alone. And I just I wanted to have it all. Like I wanted to have my family and God, like, and my future. And I didn't think I'd be able to have it all. Yes. And even though that I know that I, I can Yeah. now, like, you know, I still definitely have like a lot of work ahead of me. If I still want to restore and kind of repair like my own faith that I had as a child, you know? Yeah. And that's like really hard because as soon as I try um, to kind of get into that stuff, I'm just like, takes me back to that like tinder Sure. Like, like space, you know? Totally. You know, you and I, of course, you know this at this point, but our church at the time was deep in the process of evaluation on that. And so much regret that I had not just grabbed all of you and pulled you so deeply into those conversations. I'm so sad about that. I wonder, what do you wish? And I'm thinking back to that's Sydney. That's Sydney who was still scared. And what do you wish that pastors and churches knew? I mean, they need to know that like the faith of gay kids in their families and in their churches is in their hands, you know, yeah. like it's up to them mm. and what they say matters. Yeah. And we were even talking about this the other day. I was like, Everybody wants to take their time and make sure that they have it right, but you can't wait. We can't wait. You know, I couldn't wait. Yeah. I I needed that. And like, and I looked for those answers on my own. That's the thing. Like these kids are going to look for those answers on their own. If you don't decide what answer you want to give them. Like, yeah. Guys, thank you for listening to this conversation with Sydney and me today. 
I'm always so happy when there are resources, obviously, that speak to my kids. And there's one that Sydney turned me on to that's just fantastic. And it's a podcast called Queer Relation Tips. Relation Tips. Do you get it? That's cute, right? So Queer Relation Tips is hosted by Isaac Archuleta. So in addition to hosting this podcast, he's a counselor and CEO of I Am Clinic, helping LGBTQ individuals and couples, as well as their loved ones. And now he's created this fabulous podcast to help LGBTQ relationships grow and flourish. So good, 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 good. So the Queer Relationships podcast is top-notch because not only do you get Isaac's expertise and life-changing insights, he brings on other influencers from the LGBTQ community, and together they help listeners build effective relational tools and skills. And this might be my favorite, favorite part. Isaac speaks to real people who want to share their story with the world. Isn't that fantastic? So what an incredible resource, you guys. Check out Queer Relationships wherever you listen to podcasts, okay? Queer Relationships. So happy that that resource exists in the world. Okay, back to our show. So what a sweet, special moment. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share that with you again. So many good things in there. So many things I learned from her and her journey. One particular thing Sydney said, and I feel like I've seen some evolution in this area. She said, I feel like the whole coming out thing is kind of antiquated and will hopefully be over eventually. Just as kids are raised and able to have just as much freedom to kind of like, I don't know, grow up and develop their sexuality as every other kid. I really thought about that a lot after she said it the first time, that it's still kind of such a deal. You know, it has to be such a deal where straight kids just get to, they just get to grow up in it without having to answer a lot of questions or make some big statement or have some huge conversation. And you know what? Something that Sydney has pointed out to me since that I you'll notice, like, she is not a fan of these shows and movies or whatever where, you know, if the lead character is gay, that it's still centered around their coming out story. It's still centered around the homophobia they face, the trauma they face, this sort of sense of being unliked and unwelcomed in the community. So I'd listen to her say that and ask for more clarity. And she's just like, why can't we just have a gay lead character who's normal, who isn't hated and isn't ostracized and doesn't have to go through trauma? She's like, Mom, when I watch those movies, it's traumatizing again. And it's this, it undergirds this idea like, see, the world still thinks we're something to be ashamed of. The world still thinks we owe everybody an explanation or that we should be kicked out of our prom, you know, or whatever the thing is. And so I'm paying attention to that now. Like, when can it stop being such a thing? And when can the LGBT community just be who they are in a normal way? Like everybody else gets to be. Anyway, she is always challenging me on what's out there and how, what the perception is and what representation looks like and which representation maybe gets celebrated by the straight community, but maybe feels a little bit different to the gay community, right? And as she looked for her answers... A call, by the way, for parents to pay attention because, as she said, kids are going to look for those answers on their own if you don't decide what answer you want to give them. 
It's not going to help at all to avoid or deny or hope something's just going to go away. In fact, that causes so much trauma and so much loneliness and so much anxiety and fear. So you got to decide where you stand. And I pray that you stand in the place of love, full acceptance for your child to be exactly who they are and who they're meant to be. All right, you guys, thank you for being a part of the Spring Back series as we revisit revisited some of the best of the best, right? Highlight films, highlight films, and on to a brand new series next week. You are not going to want to miss it. See you then. 